Welcome to Riffs on Riffs, where we explore the surprising connection between songs, past and present, and share the fascinating stories that make music a universal language. I'm Joe Watson. I'm here with my co-host, Toby Braswell. What's up, my friend? I'm well, man. I'm sitting here living my best socially distant life. You know, still packing boxes, mm. packing boxes, and welcoming this podcast break from duct tape, Sharpies, and bubble wrap. Outside of all that nonsense, I'm doing great. I listen to our past episodes, and although I enjoy them, one thing always sticks out to me. Uh, really? What's that? Well, I never get a chance to ask you how you're doing. I feel uh, selfish. I'm real, real selfish wow. right now. Okay. So, so how are you? Thank you, buddy. I, you look, I appreciate that. So I'm just... I'm just going to sum it up for you. Ready? Mm. It is 2020. Yes. We are still in the middle of a pandemic. <laughs> yes. And one of my best friends just moved to Michigan. Oh, so, boy. Yeah, who's so, that? You know? Yeah. <laughs> who's That's that kind guy? of a bummer. What a who's that guy? Like, who does that? <laughs> but regardless, I'm an eternal optimist. And you know what? Besides, there is, there is no reason to go in excess and bore our audience with all these details. So let's move on. What are we going to be talking about today? Funny that you mentioned In Excess, because that's the name of one of the bands that we will be discussing today. The other part of our discussion will be focused on a young woman that you might be familiar with. Anyone that's been listening to the radio lately has heard the beautiful voice of Miss Dua Lipa. This English model turned singer-songwriter released her self-titled album in 2017. The nine singles that she released from the album propelled it to number three on the UK charts. Nine singles. That's nine. It's pretty much a whole album, right? It's like, here, every song's a single, and you get a hit, and you get a hit. (laughs) Anyway, so she won the Brit Awards for British Female Solo Artist and British Breakthrough Act, and she also won a Grammy for Best New Artist in 2019. So again, if you listen to Top 40 Radio, there's a good chance you've heard her. There's also a really good chance you might have noticed some similarities between her new song, Break My Heart, and a certain track by an Australian band named In Excess, who also sold about, I don't know, 60 million records back in Kind the of day. a big deal. Kind right. of a big deal. <laughs> but before we get into all of that, let's talk a little bit about Dua Lipa. Now, truth be told, I really like her voice. Mm-hmm. Now, there's a lot of female artists out there who have voices that try to be similar to Whitney or Mariah. Now, that's not to Good say luck. that they... <laughs> right. <laughs> it's not to say that they succeed. I mean... It's Whitney and Mariah, right? Right. So now though artists like Ariana, in my opinion, they show signs of having, you know, comparable talent, you know, it's nice to hear something different. And I think that the texture of Dua Lipa's voice does exactly that, gives you something different. That is a cool word, texture. She's got a cool texture to her voice. I dig it. You like that? Lipa was born in Westminster, London, and her parents are from Albania. She knew early on that she wanted to be a singer and started posting videos of herself singing covers on YouTube when she was 14, because that's what you do now. So she moved with her family to Kosovo in 2006 and eventually moved back to London in pursuit of the ever enticing record deal. She worked several jobs to earn money for music sessions, including working as a model for ASOS Marketplace at the age of 16. Now, her thinking was that the modeling could get her the necessary exposure for her music career. But when a manager told her that she needed to lose weight, she quit. Oh, gosh. I am honestly so glad to hear that. I mean, certainly sounds like the healthy decision, but Too often we hear it going the other way, right? Right. So I'm glad that she also didn't quit her dream of becoming an entertainer. She inked a deal in 2013 that allowed her to quit that waitressing job just to focus on recording music. And soon after, she co-wrote a song called 
Hotter Than Hell, which mm-hmm. I'm, you know, could have been, well, I'm just going to stop, which helped her get signed <laughs> to Warner Brothers in the summer of 2015. She released several more singles in a more strategic approach before going sort of all in, pushed her chips in the table with a full album. So I like the approach. It really looks like it paid off. I mean, her debut album features her first UK number one single, New Rules. So I know I can be a bit cynical from time to time, right? Comparing songs. But Mm. the first time I heard this song, it really reminded me of of a song by Notorious B.I.G. Well, that's that's so interesting. Like you being cynical (laughs) about music. That's just... yeah. So I, I said imagine, all of that. I said all of that, and you just heard that one part. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's what I heard. But anyway, just tell what what are you referring to? The so, Biggie tune. So Biggie has a song called "The Ten Crack Commandments" on his second album, "Life After Death," and on his song, he breaks down to the listener the rules regarding selling drugs. So obviously, drugs are bad. Drugs right? are bad. Just say no. Yes, please. I mean, but, no, 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 please. Like no. Like, right? Don't even say please. Just say no. <laughs> Right, just to be clear in yes, content. Uh, exactly. Stop talking, please continue. <laughs> but I remember the beat, and I remember that the content really sticking out because it made a lot of sense, right? Me never having sold drugs or having wanted to do anything with drugs. Right. I had no idea what that life is. So about. you learned a lot, is what you're telling me. I learned a lot. Right? Sure. I was in college, so it was the right time. Okay. okay. Right. <laughs> But in Dua Lipa's song, it's all about rules of how to get over a man. Mm. And I don't remember another song where the rules are broken down quite like that and on a dance record to boot. Yeah, that does not seem like music to dance to. But uh, then again, I've never tried to get over a man. So I don't know. Maybe uh, (laughs) maybe that is is a good little ditty. Well, we will be sure to include both tracks on the playlist for this episode so that people can compare them for themselves. Dua Lipa's album, Future Nostalgia, was released in March of 2020. So, hey, look, there's something good to come out of this year. Yay! (laughs) That's one. (laughs) The first single is the track Don't Start Now, which became her first top three entry into the Billboard Hot 100. The third single was the song Break My Heart, which, well, why don't we say we discuss that a bit more for this episode? Anyone that has ears and is of a certain age can hear that Lipa aims to create a dance pop type of record. She openly admitted that this album was going to have a retro type of feel to it. And there are several songs that definitely remind me of songs that were made back in the day. So Break My Heart specifically has a riff in it that seems like it completely sampled or interpolated a riff from a track by NXS called Need You Tonight. Now, the fact that they sound similar isn't the amazing part. The amazing part, in my opinion, is that no one on her team predicted that comparisons will be made while they wrote it. Well, look, we have been told that a lot of people don't think about music quite like we do because we're weird. So maybe (laughs) there's a chance that they heard this guitar riff and then it was sort of a subliminal thing, right? They just sort of added it to the track unintentionally. Well, before we get into that discussion and how this could have possibly been sampled accidentally, we're going to take a quick break. We'll return with Riffs on Riffs in just a moment. I'm a grown-up. Me too. Yep, me too. But you know, these days, being a grown-up can really suck. Luckily, we're grown-ups who grew up in the coolest generation. We had video arcades. And also some of the best TV and movies ever made. We lived the origin of awesome consumer electronics. The list goes on and on. Yep, Generation X. Exactly. And we're Gen X Grown-Up. Every week, the Gen X Grown-Up podcast explores media, tech, 
toys, games, and more from both yesterday and today. Through the eyes of Generation Xers who absolutely love that stuff. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on our website, GenXGrownUp.com. All right, you think that was good enough? I I hope so, man. I'm tired. (laughs) Who listens to a promo on a podcast and then goes and listens to a different podcast? I've never done it. (laughs) So let's get into more of a discussion of the I Need You Tonight track by NXS and the similarities with the Dua Lipa song, Break Your Heart. We should start off with a little bit of history first, starting with what is NXS? Oh, that one's easy. I got this for you. So (laughs) NXS, it's that feeling you get about a half hour after Thanksgiving dinner and you're sitting around, your belly's full, or you know what, same vibe, the amount of candy a child gets on Halloween or or you reference Whitney. So it's it's the number of times that people try to sing Whitney at talent shows. Oh my God. That's in excess, right? In there. excess. One time is too many. Stop <laughs> it. It's with me. One time is too many. So, although those are great examples, it's still not what I'm talking about. Okay. <laughs> right? All right. Sorry. All right, I want to talk about the Australian rock band In Excess that consisted of the Ferris brothers, Gary, Andrew, John, and Tim, with Michael Hutchins as lead lyricist and guitarist. Now, the band was formed in 1977 and got their first number one hit in Australia in 1984 with a track called Original Sin. They had other singles as well, including What You Need, Devil Inside, Suicide Blonde. No oh boy. Yeah, those songs are interesting, to say the least. Kind of makes me feel like their their band name might have been descriptive and sadly <laughs> appropriate. So, so true. Well, they also came out with the track called Need You Tonight, which was released in 1987 off of their fourth studio album, Kick. Now, this has been called their signature song, and there's actually a funny story about the creation of this riff on this song. So Andrew Ferris said that the riff popped in his head before flying to Hong Kong. He was in a cab and asked the driver to wait a couple minutes so he could go back to the room and grab something. All right. So look, we've all done this. We all leave something behind. We leave the house. Sometimes I put my coffee cup on top of the car and drive down the street. So, you know, it's all good. It's, <laughs> Poor coffee. As long as you're Poor not coffee. leaving your kids behind or something, right? So, right. all right. What, what did he forget? The only thing that he forgot to do is to tell the truth, Uh-oh. right? That, that's, that's the only thing that's missing. He actually went up to record the riff and came back an hour later wow. with a tape of a rough version of the song. Now, obviously, the, the driver w- was, was upset, right? To say the yeah. least, wasn't happy. I mean, look, I, I don't like waiting for people. I try to be on time, but waiting an hour, man, that's, that's not good. And that, that is some serious patience. I'm also going to assume that the cabbie kept the meter running because that's just good business right there. Right, right. Well, that's the good thing about all that waiting, you know, for the cabbie. He got paid. So the cab driver, exactly. So he was upset for the long wait, but he did indeed keep the meter running. And when Andrew was asked about the meter, he replied that he thought it was fair. Oh, gosh. Really? (laughs) Really? This is what you're coming with today? Yes. You gotta okay. love that, man. Come okay. on. We're moving on. Keep going. <laughs> fair. 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 All For right. all those <laughs> you don't get it, it's like F-A-R-E. Because like a cab fair. Yeah, like, yeah, okay. yeah. All right, stop. So, but seriously, back to Need You Tonight. <laughs> please, this, please. <laughs> so this song was a huge number one hit. And as recently as 2014, it charted again due to the release of an In Excess miniseries. So how did Dua Lipa and the songwriters for Break My Heart not know this. How can this be considered an accident? 
Well, Dua Lipa did confess to accidentally, accidentally interpolating in excess for Break My Heart. So maybe she did it just to avoid being sued, but nonetheless, she did admit to it. So in that vein, I myself have a confession that I would like to make. Oh boy, oh boy. Declan, where are my rosary beads? What's going on? <laughs> is, 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 first of all, is this the form for all of that? I mean, should I be worried? I want you to remember, before you say anything, okay, my dad is the pastor, not sure. me. Oh. My dad is the pastor. So confessing to me might not make a lot of difference in the peace that you're supposed to have after <sighs> confession. I'm just throwing I that know, out I know, but I also know you to be your brother's keeper. It's one of the things, you know, I respect about you. So, you know what? I'm going to ask you a question first. Hit me. Are you a James Bond fan? Am I a James Bond fan? Yeah. It's like asking me if I like good music and whiskey. Of course, I'm a James Bond fan. Absolutely. All right, all right, good. Absolutely. My favorite movie? Yeah. You didn't ask this, but I'm going to tell you anyway. Okay. For Your Eyes Only. Sure. Oh, it's a good one. Classic. Yeah. Stop it. I'll slap. I, I love that movie. Love it. <laughs> love it. Had to catch myself. <laughs> Eric's going to edit that. It's all good. <laughs> well, like you, apparently, I grew up watching all of those Bond flicks. And I even went back, back in the day, I started reading some of the, like, the original Ian Fleming novels. Oh, wow. Here's some random trivia for you. Remember Casino Royale? Well, that was the first of the Bond novels that was written ever. But the movie version did not get made until 2006 with Daniel Craig playing Bond. So I'm, I'm still waiting for the confession, okay? Or have you mm. come to your senses and thought better of it? You just want to, like, this well, is just distraction. <laughs> yeah, I kind of did because I'm, uh, all right, here goes. Ready? Okay. I do think that Daniel Craig plays a great Bond. Of course. I think Sean Connery was iconic in the role. He is. But I got to say, for as much shade as he gets from Bond fans, I like Roger Moore. Okay. Now, how you should have said that is I like Roger Moore. Oh, boy. (laughs) That's what you should have said. That is how you should have said it. Okay. Okay. Point taken. Thank you. Roger Moore, to me, is, he is the man. To me, that, that is Bond, okay, so in my opinion. Here. So, okay. no, you're not alone. So, Thank maybe you. we both have to go to confession okay. on different days. Good. But I know you weren't such a Roger fan that you actually thought that movie, like, like Octopussy, was a, was a good one. You didn't think that was a good movie, right? That I mean, was not the I, Bond Look, I have not seen it in 30 years, but I loved Octopussy. That didn't even sound like something we can say on, the, on this show. We're going to move on. <laughs> We're going to move on. Okay, look, maybe it's not the best movie of the franchise, but it is an entertaining romp. And hello, Maude Adams. Yeah. And by the way, I think she kind of looks like Jessica Biel. I'm just saying. So, you know, there's that. Well, it's all well and good. I'm I'm glad you got this off your chest. But why are we talking about James Bond? Uh, To quote my friend Toby, I am so glad you asked. (laughs) So so first of all, do you remember, I'm going to ask a question with a question, right? Mm. Do you remember all the cool cars and the tech that Bond would play with in all the movies? Yeah, yeah. He had lots of fun toys developed by the character known as Q, which by the way, another fun fact toy, the letter Q stands for quartermaster. So it's more of a title I did not know that. That's cool. Mm -hmm. Thank you for Mm -hmm. that. Yeah, to me, when I found that, I was like one of those cool in the gang type of realizations. Like, cool's not the main singer? Cool's not the singer, and who's the gang? Right. (laughs) It's one of those things. All right. Well, Q was a fun character and was most notably played by Desmond Llewellyn for like a 30-year run of the film franchise. But that character, Q, is also the inspiration for the name of another artist that 
I actually think deserves writing credit for Dua Lipa's Break My Heart. I believe you are talking about Stacey Q, who had a hit back in 1986 mm-hmm. with the song Two of Hearts. Two of Hearts. Yeah, right. that's the one. But why do you think she deserves a writing credit? Okay, well, first, this is what Dua Lipa had to say about the writing credit that they actually gave to NXS for Break My Heart. So here's a quote from Dua. When we were in the studio, we didn't quite connect the dots. We were just like, oh, yeah, this is great. We were on such a high, and we were just working on it. And then I listened back, and I was like, hold on, guys. So the guys at NXS, the people that are looking after the publishing, they were very nice, and they really liked the song. So we gave them a publishing credit, a writing credit on the track, because it was only fair. And it just brought nostalgia even more to the forefront, you know? It it confirmed that part for us. It was a funny moment when we were like, Eureka! And then, oh, wait a second. I'm not trying to get sued. That's, That's kind of the moral of the story. Sure, it does sound like the right thing to do. Even if it was unintentional, give credit where credit is due. Right, so this is why I say that Stacey Q and her writing team deserve some credit too. Because if you listen to that Two of Hearts track, specifically the chorus where she sings that Two of Hearts, which I so beautifully echoed earlier. You did? Yeah. It's the exact same phrasing as when Dua Lipa sings in her chorus, Stayed at Home, or You Said Hello, in Break My Heart. So... I'll put these songs on the playlist for this episode. I want you to listen to like the 43-second mark of Two of Hearts and then compare it to the 59-second mark of Break My Heart. I mean, look, even the song titles have similarities. I do hear the similarities. Let me say that first, all right? But I think you might be reaching here, all right? Might be reaching here. But it's not as much of a similarity that I think that, that needs a writing credit. I hear it, but I don't know if it necessarily deserves the writing credit, and at least not an equal writing credit as, okay. so, say, in excess. Hmm. Well, we have talked about this before, this whole slippery slope that the music industry has gone down regarding sampling and interpolation and songwriting credits. And honestly, I just think we've reached a tipping point. And to me, this is a good example. So you can hear it, but you don't think it's a big deal. I think all of this stuff is completely subjective. Mm-hmm. I personally think that that Two of Hearts similarity is equal, if not more striking, than the whole In Excess track similarities. So for you, that In Excess interpolation sticks out like a sore thumb, which, you know, look, I can kind of hear it, but I don't know. It's subjective. Truly, it does stick out for me. And whether it was intentional or not, it needs to be addressed once it's discovered. I think we can all agree with that. I've said it millions of times. If we try hard enough, we can find links between a lot of these songs, whether it be in wordplay or the chords that are used or whatever. There just needs to be an easy and cost-effective way of recognizing the original artist while not stifling the creativity of new artists, right? I agree with you. I mean, truthfully, I think all of this is untenable. Hmm. At this point, you have to be aware of all music from all genres and hope that, God forbid, you don't write a song that sounds like anything else, which, look, we all know it's honestly, it's impossible. Or we have to go down this other path of intent. Did you intentionally sample it or was it a coincidence or really doesn't matter because you're going to get sued either way, right? Right, right. I mean, untenable, I think, is is the word. Plus, it's a cool word, word. right? It is very cool. You don't use that very often. (laughs) You really don't. I'm flexing my vocab. (laughs) I see that. I see that. Let me flex with you. Okay. It seems like proving intent is like ice skating uphill, right? That's nothing I've ever tried, nor do I want to try. Look, I can't even ice skate downhill or on a level (laughs) surface. So uphill is just a really bad idea. You know, I'll say this, and then I'll get off my soapbox. It used to be Back in the day, we paid Mm -hmm. homage, we showed respect to artists by incorporating some of their unique style into our own music. 
So we've all been in jam or writing sessions where someone will reference a song or artist and say, hey, play something like that. Or look, in my head, I'm hearing a little so-and-so for this part, you know, so you're just trying to capture a groove or an idea, whatever that references somebody else. It's all part of our musical vocabulary. So the other part that I think we are just missing completely is that it's part of our inspiration. Mm, so just point. the other day, I was listening to Steve Cropper's work with Otis Redding. I love Steve Cropper. I think he's just cool. So I picked up my guitar and I started noodling like this tune based on his signature style. And like, I'm not trying to steal anything. I'm emulating. I'm appreciating something I enjoy. And then I use it as like this jumping off point to create something new. But God forbid I release something that sounds like that. And then somebody's going to come along and say, oh, he totally ripped off Steve Cropper. We should sue him and whatever. It's like, I don't know where this stops. There's definitely a slippery slope. You know, time will tell. There definitely needs to be reform, I think, with the music industry. What and would I you think, do? What would I do? You know, for me, honestly, as I've thought about it, especially with hip hop and, and loving samples and sample music that contains samples, I think they just need to... All samples, no matter what artist it came from, need to be the same price. I think they so all need to be the same price. So just a flat royalty fee? Flat royalty fee. Take what you want to maybe base for, it on and, the length and of the track? Just, exactly. Just base it on the amount that was sampled. You know, how many seconds. That just makes it easy. It, yeah, it does certainly simplify things. Makes it simple. So. Yeah. I mean, so that's all my right. idea. You well, heard it here first. <laughs> that's right. Somebody take our idea and take it to the music industry. <laughs> Sampling. <laughs> you sampled Toby's idea. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to get you royalties for that, just so you know. My man. Well, let us circle back around to Stacey Q and that Two of Hearts track for a little bit. Stacey's real name is Stacey Lynn Swain, and she's got an interesting history herself, including a stint as a showgirl and an elephant rider for Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey Circus. Toby, are you, are you a circus guy? You like the circus? You know, I used to love the circus, truth be told, until I had some conversations as an adult about how the lives of those animals must oh. be, right? So no longer am a fan. Yeah, yeah, it can't be good. You know, truthfully, I've, I've never really been a big fan of the circus. It either, like, all those clowns, like, really creep me out. Either, first of all, how do they fit in that car? Like, that's right. not right. <laughs> or this is, a, this is an episode full of confessions. Keep right? going. <laughs> or, like, if you're watching the trapeze or the tightrope, like, I'm oh. worried. Like, somebody's going to plummet to their death up there. They're like, oh, we're taking the net away. I'm like, don't do that. Why are we doing that? Right. I will say that I did like The Greatest Showman, which gave me a whole new appreciation for P.T. Barnum. You know, it was a good flick. Oh, it was absolutely an awesome movie. Uh, The song Never Enough, sung by Lauren Allred, gives Mm. me chills every time I hear it. I saw her sing the song at an award show on YouTube. No backup singers at all. And it's actually better than the movie version. Okay. I will have to look that up. Seriously, but enough about that, Joe. You know, tell me a little bit more about Stacy Q. All right. So in the early 80s, Stacy starts working with a producer and engineer by the name of John St. James. And he had a recording studio in Orange County named Casbah Recording, uh, which, you know, of course makes me think of the clash. And right. It was an important spot for <laughs> punk acts like Social Distortion and the Vandals and, and bands like that. It also was a spot where bands like Berlin would record. And I bet if I went back and listened to those sessions, it would take my breath away. Wow. Look at that. Like some, that. Some Toby Golden Pipes for this episode. That was beautiful. Thanks, man. Also, next year, are, are you excited like I am for the Top Gun sequel? Classified. Classified. I could tell you, but then I have to kill you. <laughs> fair, fair enough. <laughs> but for the record, you can be my wingman anytime. 
So when we aren't making bad Top Gun references or just bad jokes, yeah, period, well, right? Which is hard to find, those, those, <laughs> those spots. And when John St. James wasn't working with Berlin, he was also fanboying on synth bands like Kraftwerk. Oh, man, here I was, I was just starting <laughs> to like the guy. Eric's happy. St. <laughs> <laughs> James put together his own synth pop group called Q, which, as we mentioned, was named after the James Bond character. Stacey Swain was an assistant producer on four tracks for the EP, and St. James wanted vocals for one of the tracks, so Stacey did the honors. Well, unfortunately, they then had to change the name of the band because a certain other well-known Q had laid claims to the name. So, care to venture a guess as to who was the Q? So, okay, I thought about this. It's a good okay. question. Good yeah. question. Queen Elizabeth II. Ooh, great guess, but, but no. And you know what? If anyone called her Q, they'd probably be off with their head, right? That <laughs> That's <point>. true, yes. <laughs> hey, Q, can I do this? No, you can't. Off with his head. Here's another Q. Queen Latifah. Oh, another good guess, but still not the one. We are, we are referring to one of the most iconic producers in history, and actually someone we've talked about a few times in past episodes. Mm, okay, you're talking about Quincy Jones. Yes, sir. Okay, yeah. He'd have fair claim to the Q moniker, mm -hmm. that's for sure. He can be a Q for sure. So the band then changed their name to SSQ, and Stacy also kept the Q as part of her name when she branched out as a solo artist. Two of Hearts was her biggest hit, and it even led to an appearance on the show The Facts of Life as a character named Cinnamon. Wow. So another fun factoid, a young George Clooney had his farewell appearance on The Facts of Life as his character decided to join Cinnamon as a roadie. Right? So picture this. He became this, right? her sugar. Right. <laughs> right. All right. I'm going to let that one go, too. So Stacy would continue to perform and record over the years, exploring different styles and genres. And in January of 2020, things came full circle as she and John St. James collaborated to create a new SSQ album, Jet Town Jetem. So we'll put the single Trippin' Me Out on the playlist for this episode. So besides being an engineer and producer, John St. James also has spent some time on the artist management side of things, including for the rapper Candyman, who had a top 10 hit in 1990 with Knockin' Boots. Wow, so we've got Candyman, we've got Cinnamon, like, I, I'm seeing themes here. Like, so now I also want to create a mashup track of all the content we've covered for this episode. So we have, we have Octopussy, I Need You Tonight, Break My Heart, Knockin' Boots. Yeah, we're really off the rails right now. So I'm, I'm just going to stop you right there. I'm going to stop right, before, Thank you. This yes. is, this, see, this is why you're the best wingman. <laughs> all right, well, I think we are actually, sadly, out of time. So... What do you say we wrap everything up and you can tell all the good people what we covered today? So we discussed Dua Lipa's song, Break My Heart, and its connection to the NXS track, Need You Tonight. We also spent some more time in the 80s with Stacey Q and her song, Two of Hearts. Thank you for joining us on this crazy journey. And be sure to check out the playlist for this episode on Spotify and Apple Music. Just do a search for Riffs on Riffs. While you're at it, please leave us a review on whatever platform you listen it just might help someone else stumble upon our witty banter and really bad puns. And if you feel the need for speed, be sure to dialogue with us on social, at Riffs on Riffs. As always, thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time for Riffs on Riffs. Keep listening. Huzzah. Thank you.
Thanks for listening to Riffs on Riffs. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please leave us a review on your Apple Podcast app. Riffs on Riffs is a production of Evergreen Podcasts. A special thanks to executive producers, Joan Andrews and Michael D'Aloya. Producer, audio engineer, Eric Coltnow. And assistant producer, Declan Roars. You can find Riffs on Riffs anywhere and everywhere you listen to your favorite podcasts or at evergreenpodcast.com. I'm Toby Braswell. And I'm your co-host, Joe Watson. Thank you for listening to Riffs on Riffs. I don't think it overstates things to say that the Beatles were the greatest gift to entertainment and culture of our time, a secular religion, if you will, with their universal appeal and demonstrable impact on people's lives. I'm Robert Rodriguez, host of Something About the Beatles. With every episode, I speak with historians, musicians, artists, and Beatle witnesses, all in the service of fresh insights into the most joyous cultural entity the world has ever known. I hope you'll join me and listen to Something About the Beatles, now at Evergreen, and wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast was produced with the support of the Ohio Motion Picture Tax Credit and in partnership with the Ohio Development Services Agency.